scripture we go to Romans chapter 7 verse 13 has then what is good become death to me certainly not but sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful For we know that the law is spiritual but I am carnal sold under sin for what I am doing I do not understand for what I will to do that I do not practice but what I hate that I do if then I do what I will not to do I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do but the evil I will not to do that I practice now if I do what I will not to do it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me I find then a law that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man but i see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members oh wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death i thank god through jesus christ our lord so then with a mind i myself serve the law of god but with the flesh the law of sin now this is a classic very classic uh, uh, explanation of the dilemma of the man who desires to do what god wants but still finds that in spite of that sincerity in his desire he's always doing what is wrong so he puts it quite clear that the purpose of the law is to make sin exceedingly sinful what does that mean it is so that people will no longer gloss over their sin or suggest for it by any stretch of imagination that it does not really matter no once you know the law then you are guilty if you do if you do contrary to what the law states and so the law assists us to know not just the reality of sin but the gravity of sin of course we had it we read it in the previous chapter and the wages of sin is death 
So, so here he tells us that uh, has done what is good. We starting from verse 13. Become death to me, certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Now, he speaks about sin in the abstract. Okay. But he's actually talking about the lusts in the flesh. I told you there are three of them. You know, you cannot, you cannot go beyond the three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's what he's calling sin. You know, they, they're, they're the ones that also um, our Lord Jesus encountered in the wilderness temptations. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the uh, eyes, and, and the pride of life. So, 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 uh, um, sin, this sin he's talking about, are these motions of lusts. You know, and today the triggers of loss are so numerous, particularly with the advent of television and now the internet. You can't even you can't even watch or read something without somebody intruding on your consciousness with all manners of evil things. Okay. Now, now he states clearly that the problem is not with the law. So those who keep saying that. You should throw away the law. They have not seen these scriptures. Verse 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual. Oh, yes, the law is always spiritual. How can't it be spiritual? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not covet. The law is always spiritual. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with those laws that keep us in captivity, in the slavery of sin. Because even though I know the before, I didn't know the commandment. That's what he was saying. He said, I was free without the law. <laughs> totally free. Because I was doing mayhem, but I was not feeling condemned. But the moment the law came, condemnation came. So, because law brought condemnation, is that why you should discard the law? No. The only way to, to deal with the law is to obey the law. And then you'll be free of condemnation. But we're coming to it, how he dealt with that in the next chapter. So, the law is spiritual, but I am kind of sold on the sin. Now, here is the classic dilemma for what I'm doing. Now, he says, listen, what I'm doing, the confusion inside me, I just don't understand it. For I want to do what is right, but I end up not doing it. But instead, I'm doing what I hate. You see, this is the whole essence. A man says, a man says, well, I don't know why I'm abusing you. Because I, I know that abusing people is wrong. But every time I'm upset, I abuse people. And I really don't like it. Because it gives a very bad impression of me. And I know it. But I still find I do it. This is the dilemma of it. Okay. If then, he says in verse 16, I do what I do not want to do. I will not do. I agree with the law that it is good. Absolutely. So if I covet, and I really don't want to covet, I want to keep a pure heart. I want to uh, rejoice with those who rejoice. I want to, I want to uh, 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 support those who are weak. I want to do all these things. But in the end, I end up doing nothing or very little. 
Okay. So the most important thing is to agree with the law that it is good. So don't join those who say that they've thrown away the law. No, they didn't throw away the law. They cannot throw away the law because the law is spiritual. I agree with the law that it is good. But now, the problem is not with the law. The problem is with me. You see, the problem is with me. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. No, no. He depersonalizes so that he can make a distinction between the loss, you know, in, in, that we, you and I are faced with daily and the desire, the inner desire to do what is right, to do what God wants, to please God. Now, Somebody may want to ask, but does that really, does that inner desire to do what God wants uh, exist in every man? Well, it's for the individual to say, do I really desire to do what is right? You know, because that's another fundamental question. If a man doesn't desire to do what is right, then he doesn't really come under this uh, dilemma because um, he's quite happy doing what is wrong. That's a totally different matter. The man is dead in sin, okay? But we're talking about a man that has come alive and is finding that he's, he's incapable of maintaining uh, the demands of his new life. So, verse 18 summarizes it. If I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Oh, yes. And that's why uh, we say to those who, who want to live godly, um, by willpower. <laughs> I said, how far can you get with that? You know, living godly by willpower. Nobody can live godly by willpower in any consistent uh, sense. No, because the flesh has to be put to death. Willpower cannot control you. Like I always say, if, uh, if uh, the problem you have is with oranges, you know, and, and, and after a while you've mastered the appetite for oranges, uh, you'll change it to tangerine and the whole struggle begins again. You know, so, so, and, and, and this is what always happens. Those who try to use willpower to live godly life, you find so much frustration. Before you are finishing one, another one is turning up. And that's why we, what we are going to study in Romans chapter 8 is so, so uh, important in the life of a Christian to know how to deal with these motions of sin in the flesh, these lusts that are everywhere, you know. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. That is the classic dilemma of the sincere, okay? The sincere, the one who is determined to, to please God in their lives, but they find themselves frustrated in the repeated failure, okay? So, so we would need to put all this in context because what grace did for the sincere, first of all, is to wipe away all that record of failures, okay? And then going forward, it provides the spirit to mortify the flesh because without that, there will be perennial persistent slavery to sin unless the flesh is mortified. And the flesh needs to be mortified so that it will be insensitive to the attractions, the benefits of sin. Oh yes, Hebrews talks about the pleasures of sin. 
all the advantages you gain from uh, corruption and evil and all of that, you know, with all the seductions that go on, you see, you see, the, 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 the spirit mortifies the flesh so that you will be insensitive to all those attractions and benefits. You know, that's why a, a man can say that's the only way to prosper. I'm quite happy to remain poor. Yes, that's, that means he's dead. If that's the only way to, to, to marry, I mu- then I must remain single. If that's the only way to do this, then, that, then, then count me out. I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy to do without. That's the man that is dead. So it's, it's, it's not that, um, it's not that um, uh, um, he's not uh, exposed to them, but he's impervious. You know, the Holy Spirit has desensitized him. You know, and it's only the spirit that can do it. You know, willpower can't do it at all. Okay, so so let us finish. Let us finish this tomorrow. I am uh, 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 by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.